In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply, but again, that's P-O-D. S-U-R-V-E-Y.com slash she. Thanks for your help. Have you ever dreamed of starting a business of your own only to feel like you're totally not cut out for it? Or maybe you've taken that little step of faith only to run into a massive wall. Does the idea of having to get scrappy and creative to make the impact that you know you can have simultaneously fire you up and freak you out? If you answered yes to any of those questions, first of all, I am with you. I totally relate. Second of all, giddy up because this episode is about to rock your world. Today, I'm talking with Jess Ekstrom, founder of the multi-million dollar company Headbands of Hope and author of Chasing the Bright Side. She's been named a top influential speaker by Forbes, casual, right? And she calls herself a taco expert. In this episode, we dove into what it looks like to start small and to start scrappy on your dreams. We shared big wins and massive failures of our own. And more than that, we really just had a blast. Jess is so fun, inspiring, and full of life. And this one is a good one, packed full of value. You ready to dive in? Let's have some fun. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Jess, welcome to the show, my friend. It is so fun to have you here and get to know you and now share you with my community. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I was just telling you on the phone that I have been like a fan from afar. And so I'm glad we got to connect uh, just in person, kind of via social media, but now over the phone and on a podcast. And I feel like we have some similar, I feel like we have similar hearts in some ways and kind of even a little bit of similar stories and how we started. So I'm looking forward to it. The feeling is mutual. Yeah. I I feel like you're one of those people where I'm like, I feel like I know Jordan. And then you realize that we've never met before, (laughs) but just from being a fan from afar, I feel the same way. Well, thank you very much. That's very encouraging and very kind. And uh, I know my community is just going to love you and your story. And so maybe that would be a good place to start with uh, kind of the beginning of, I mean, you do a lot of things now, but with where you got started with your company called Headbands of Hope, um, I'm sure some are familiar with it. But for those who aren't familiar with it, can you A, give a quick uh, review of what it is? And then let's just like dive back into how you got started, because I know it was kind of a small start and I really relate to that story. So I want to hear about it (laughs) yeah so my company is called headbands of hope and for every headband we sell we donate one to a child with cancer um to date we've actually donated over half a million headbands to kids with cancer and we've reached every children's hospital in the country and also 15 other countries now but as you said it was definitely like nothing like that Hmm. in the beginning, which I really love to be transparent about because um, 
I think sometimes the success stories we hear, like, one day I had this idea, and the next day I'm on Oprah's favorite things list and <laughs> can't keep my inventory in stock. I'm like, nope, that's not what happened with me. <laughs> yep, yep. The very nonlinear, slow story. And that's, like, I think what I kind of wanted to park on today because I have so many women in my community who have these ideas or have these dreams or these aspirations Or even, you know, these gifts and these abilities Mm -hmm. and, you know, that or something that they've started, but they're feeling like there's not a lot of progress with or they kind of have that, well, why should I try? Like, I don't have a big following. I don't have a lot of buy-in. My family's going to judge me. Like all these things that can really hold us back from just taking that first baby step. So can you share the first baby step that you took in the beginning and kind of what that actually looked like? Well, I'll kind of walk you through where the inspiration came from because I feel like it's relevant in the in the baby steps and the story as a whole. I was in college. Um, I was interning for the Make a Wish Foundation. My, I actually first interned in Disney World, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. I worked in Magic Kingdom. I was a photographer, and I got to um, photograph a lot of kids that were there on their wish through the Make a Wish Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so I got back to school and I interned at Make a Wish. And, you know, when I was there, I wasn't really doing the most glamorous things. I wasn't, you know, organizing these huge events or uh, calling Taylor Swift or doing other <laughs> things like that. But I was doing a lot of behind the scenes work, um, which kind of seemed tedious, but it was really like this first time I had made this connection between um, your work and your why. It really mm. didn't matter what I was doing, if I was licking envelopes or, you know, cold calling people for money, I was to draw a straight line to why I was doing it. I mean, every single thing I did was like building something bigger than me. Hmm. And um, so I kind of started to really subscribe to this belief that's like maybe our lives and these careers that we choose for ourselves doesn't have to be something where we clock in and clock out and get a paycheck every few weeks. It can be something like every day when our alarm goes off, we know that it matters Hmm. that we're there. Mm -hmm. So um, it was towards the end of this internship, and uh, I had really, you know, put myself out there, and uh, they decided to give me a little bit more responsibility for this last few weeks. And so I got to be what they call a wish coordinator, Hmm. where you get to be like the quarterback, you know, for someone's wish. And so I met this girl. Um, her name's Renee and she wanted to go to Disney World to meet Sleeping Beauty. Hmm. Um, she was very, very clear about the Sleeping Beauty part. She made the terms <laughs> very clear <laughs> in what she wanted. Um, and so I got to be the person who was like working with the parks and making sure Sleeping Beauty was going to be there. And I planned this little like going away party for her and her friends that was like dress up your favorite princess. And hmm. um, it, it was really coming together. And uh, unfortunately, about a week before she was supposed to go on her wish, um, she had a brain tumor and she went and had, you know, one of her scans, her checkups. And they thought that it had been working, this treatment that they had been trying. And they realized in this moment um, that there was something that they hadn't seen Hmm. and that her tumor um, was growing and that she was rejecting all her treatments. And I remember being in the office, Jordan, and like thinking, this can't be the story. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I feel like we have these 
experiences in our lives that we can't control. You know, we can't control what the weather is going to be. We can't control the traffic sometimes. But our stories are how we internalize and respond to our experiences. And so although we might not always be able to control what happens, we can always control what it means to us. And I didn't want this story to be one that, you know, she didn't go on her wish and, you know, everyone was sad. And so in this, like, just a, not a lot of thought, but a knee-jerk reaction, I went on to Google and I looked up these local costume shops. And a few hours later, I arrived on her at doorstep dressed as Sleeping Beauty and oh, wow. tried to make her wish come true that day and brought her this matching dress and crown that said Princess Renee and uh, read her the story of Sleeping Beauty and spent the whole day with her and her family in character. She totally got it. Hmm. And um, it was really like that moment for me that um, I had seen kids that were losing their hair to chemotherapy and they'd be offered wigs and hats. Uh, but then in their pictures and what I would see on their wish trips, so many of them would wear headbands. Hmm. And it was just really cool. I thought just for confidence, but I never thought like it could be me providing that. Yeah. And, it was this moment with Renee where um, I learned like sometimes when we're trying to do something big, you know, whether that be starting a company, some cause that we're, we care about, it's not always going to be easy. We're going to experience tough things, but tough times give us a choice. It's the excuse to do less mm-hmm. or the reason to do more. Hmm. And I wanted this moment with Renee to be the reason as to why I did more. And so I was like, maybe this headband thing, this headband idea could be that, that more for mm. me, that better. Um, so I think like being in a junior in college, I couldn't even spell entrepreneur. <laughs> like <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, but I had this like rooted belief in something better. Mm. Um, and I think that that's where the best businesses ideas, the best, you know, entrepreneurs and the best movements are formed is really not about having it all figured out. It's just like optimism and belief in what could be. Hmm. I love that. First of all, I love the story and that you did such a creative yet simple thing. If you think about it, you know, and it just Mm -hmm. how much it blessed her and then how that sparked such a, not only an idea, but an action, but action. And I think hearing that and now what it's become, I mean, how many years has it been now? We've been in business for seven years. Amazing. Okay. That is seriously crazy. Okay. I absolutely love this. And I love also love that you did this while you were young, because I think this is another big, I mean, not only the impact and the choice to, I'm going to show up anyway, and I'm going to create this wish and do something kind of unconventional to make it happen anyway, when circumstances Mm -hmm. tell me otherwise. So not only is it an amazing story of overcoming, but I also really love that you were like, and I don't care that I'm still a college student, you know, and I think we can allow our age or our current qualifications to hold us back. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I didn't even know how to spell entrepreneurship. I sometimes still forget how to spell entrepreneurship. Right? So. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I really, um, I resonate with that a lot in that 
most of my journey started in college too. And a lot of it was, you know, from this place of like, I want to do something creative, but I also mm-hmm. want to make an impact. And so I did a lot of uh, like hand lettering with meaningful messages and scripture and just different things that meant or different words that meant something because I believe words have power. And that eventually mm-hmm. led to much more, you know, I thought I was going to be writing with calligraphy and that led to an entire writing brand, business, career, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, but it started with writing and, and embracing something that mattered to me. And I think, you know, the fear of starting not only small, but starting young is something that I love to mm-hmm. speak into because I really believe that. I mean, just last week I met this or two weeks ago, I was at a networking event and it was a women's entrepreneur, you know, marketing event or uh, networking event. And there was a girl there who was 17. She started a boutique in high school. She's like, yeah, I just thought, I, you know, why not now? <laughs> Like, yeah, man, if more people had that, that mindset of like, let's not wait until there's better conditions or until I'm, you know, more qualified or whatever, but I'm going to start okay. small and simple now and see what it can become. I mean, imagine if you'd have waited, you know, you'd be in such a different right. position in your life. I mean, one of the most simple revelations I came across was that every expert was once a beginner. Mm-hmm. Like everyone that we know that is so good at something that we feel has it all figured out once had no idea what they were doing. And so it's really kind of empowering, I feel like, to think if everyone had to start somewhere, you know, then what's wrong with right here? Yeah, so true. So true. And to kind of piggyback off that, the way I've kind of framed it in my mind is like everyone started at zero with zero, zero investments, Mm -hmm. zero followers, zero dollars, zero ideas, you know? And so when we can remember that, and I know there's obviously like some have different circumstances and whatnot, but overall, you know, everyone was at this place of like, I don't know what to do with this idea in my head, or I don't know what to do with, you know, what I'm feeling like I'm supposed to. And so I think that kind of imperfect start is better than not starting. At least that's my kind of uh, viewpoint on it. But I guess in this vein, I'm curious if you would have any pieces of advice for someone. Maybe there's, I have a wide variety of uh, age. uh, (laughs) The listener base has different, there's a variety of ages, but I do know we have a lot of women who are uh, finishing up their college career or a grad program or kind of in that season of life or in just kind of one of those seasons, those new seasons um, where it's feeling Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm transit. I I have this passion or I have this idea or I have this skill, but I don't really feel confident starting with it. Although I'd really like to do something with it. What would be your Mm -hmm. piece of advice when it comes to taking action without necessarily the overwhelm that can sometimes come with the advice? I think sometimes the advice of taking massive and perfect action is encouraging overwhelming all at the same time (laughs) so I don't know if you have any thoughts on like I mean you started small like you said very simply so I don't know if you want to walk us through that a little bit more if you have any pieces of advice uh, for someone in that position with two little kids I do most of my shopping online now but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives the game changer upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from quince Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Well, let me tell you about how I first got started. Maybe that'll that'll help with my answer because I, again, I was a junior in college. I was studying communications, didn't know anything about business. And uh, so I needed a logo. And I walked over to the graphic design school and that I was not in. I went into a class and approached a teacher who didn't know me. And I asked her, I was like, you know what would be a great idea is if everyone in the class had to create me a logo and I picked the best one (laughs) and she (laughs) did it. (laughs) And that was how I got my first Headbands of Hope logo. I love that. And then I needed a website. So again, I couldn't even operate a Microsoft Word document. And so I met with this computer design student every day for lunch for her to teach me Shopify and I paid her in Chipotle burritos. Oh my gosh. And that was how how I got my website. And so little by little things started to come together just by focusing on what was right in front of me Mm -hmm. and not what I had. Mm -hmm. So much we can kind of like look over the fence and grass is greener. It's like, Oh, well she had investors or, you know, she Mm -hmm. had, uh, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, I clearly don't have that. So maybe I'm not enough. Hmm. And I think, you know, so many times our own insecurities are based on, you know, others, what yeah. other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And so staying in your own lane, focusing on what's right in front of you, and also just like rid yourself of feeling like you have to be sort the next Spotify or the next Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And just start something that matters to you, mm-hmm. you know, what, and I also think like sometimes with business ideas, let's say your entire business one day just like exploded and it just went belly up all of a sudden doors closed. Would all of that time in between 
be wasted. Mm. And if your business is really doing something that is meaningful to you, if it stands for something more than just transactions, then it should never be wasted mm-hmm. and it should always be worth it. Mm. That's so good and so true. I First of all, I want to say I love that you – were resourceful like that because I relate to that so much. Yeah, I I'm remember sure you had a very similar story. Yes, I just remember like asking my friends to help me package items to send them like my Etsy items, and I would be like, "I'll buy everybody pizza," or like, "I'll provide the goldfish," oh or like whatever. Mine was Jimmy so, John's. I once yes. got Jimmy John's. Um, I per- somehow persuaded Jimmy John's to sponsor a photo shoot that I was doing, and I because I needed like people wearing the headband uh-huh. for the website and so I rented a digital camera from the library went on YouTube to see like how do I work this camera and then um created a Facebook event and persuaded <laughs> Jimmy great. John's to like you are very uh, very persuasive between the professor <laughs> and Jimmy John's <laughs> I, yeah I, I think maybe that'll be my next book is like the art of persuasion or something but I <laughs> I somehow showed up with like a hundred like turkey tom sandwiches and took pictures of people wearing headbands to the website. It's I actually have a chapter like about this in Chasing the Bright Side called She Made It Work. Oh my gosh. And it's about some of the ridiculous things I did to get my idea off the ground. Hmm. Because we we don't hear those stories. Yeah. Like we hear the time, it's like, oh, I made it on the Today Show, or oh, look at this revenue goal. And I'm like, I want to tell people all of the things. Like, I put flyers on Starbucks bulletin boards in like a 100-mile radius of my house. I would, I mean, it was just a lot. Scrappy. But I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. scrappy. Um, but I also have learned to love that about my story because mm-hmm. um, it shows that it can be anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I first of all, yes, and amen, and love that you made it work. I also used to work at Jimmy John's, so I am proud to say that my oh, former yeah. war- place of place of employment provided you with such uh, tools. Would, no, that's great. Would um, you leave smelling like bread? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, and I could identify it everywhere. I remember oh uh, in college, my husband one time took me to church and, that he went to that I had never gone to, and they gave like the communion or whatever, and it was literally. Like the the bread was Dale Jimmy John's bread. And I was like, is that allowed? Like I was so oh like, and I God. knew it. Like I just could smell it. I knew. It. I'm like, you know, they have Jimmy John's bread. Anyway, so that was interesting. But um, it, it's funny. used in many places. But I guess. But anyway, so um, all that to say, I, I love that. And I love that you shared those stories, too. And I don't know if you ever felt this way, but I remember for several years, I wasn't really sure which, which direction like I wanted to take everything that had kind of started somewhat messy like I, mm-hmm. I I've always been a dabbler so like I had a little Etsy store and then I also did photography and I did these different things on the side and so I never really understood mm-hmm. my own story and I felt like I didn't even not even understood I guess uh articulated and I remember I also really wanted to write books I realized and I really enjoyed the content creation piece and so I remember for so long as I started blogging alongside what I was doing and building social media I would like hide the beginning of my story because I was almost mm-hmm. like ashamed of it almost like I thought, you know, no, I'm going to be an author and a speaker. So nobody needs to know about the Etsy store, even though that's what like allowed me to even start blogging, you know. And so I remember a couple years ago, I finally had this realization of like, 
anytime people would ask me how I got started, I would say like, oh, I started a blog and blah, blah, blah. And that's not true. I'm like, I started a scrappy little Etsy shop and had to like pay my friends in pizza. So I love that you're embracing that part because I know sometimes those not so clear and sometimes confusing and imperfect and scrappy beginnings aren't something that we think to embrace or we kind of hop up. We kind of like at least for me, I kind of jumped to where it started to make more sense, <laughs> at least in my mm-hmm. mind, because it was like, right. it was not a cool part of the story in my mind. But then once I started sharing that, I realized how much it mattered and how much it, nobody yeah. just randomly has a successful blog. Like the only reason that I actually kind of worked was because I had a small Etsy store, you know, and I had started to yeah. build a following there. So anyways, it's just, I, I only share that because I can, A, connect with your story a lot with being resourceful and, you know, finding people in your life that can provide you with the tools you need and um kind of that scrappy start of I have no idea what right. I'm doing I still sometimes feel like I have no idea what I'm doing but yeah I just well, I, I just love that, that you did that and that you're embracing like I'm going to tell you these parts of the story because nobody gets to hear that or sees that and it's actually kind of funny because when I started embracing that part of my story was when I started getting paid to tell my story mm-hmm. I you know, had been doing some speaking engagements and, you know, I thought, okay, if I'm going to be a speaker, that means I have to be qualified. Mm -hmm. That means I have to go up there and tell them everything I'm doing right and all of the big moments. And like, that's what a speaker does is they are credible. And so I would speak here and there and kind of listing off like whatever you'd put on your LinkedIn and like, oh, and we were like the top 10, blah, blah, blah. And just like, just trying to make it sound like I knew what I was doing. And then one day I was supposed to speak at this class, you know, at my university um, for a teacher and uh, the teacher didn't show up and was like, Hey, can you still come speak to the class? And I just had a really bad day. We had had this, like, I don't know. We, it it was this big retailer that we were working with that I thought was finally going to happen. And last minute, the, PO fell through and it was like, oh, just like one of those days. Hmm. And I showed up to the class and it was like, you know, 30 people in it. And I um, couldn't muster up this like talk show personality, Hmm. you know, of like every, you know, just love what you do and you never have to work a day in your life. Like that, (laughs) it just wouldn't come out of me. And I just walked in and I was like, do you guys really want to know how I got started? And they're like, yeah. And so I just threw this script out the window, like total cliche, you know, 90s movie where they go up to give a speech and throw the cards in the air. But um, (laughs) I (laughs) like literally just like threw out this, this, you know, really polished speech that I had and told them about this secret that I had been keeping for, you know, I think it was like five years up until that point where when I started Advanced Hope, I needed um, uh, money for this manufacturer to um, pay for our first round of production, Hmm. which was for $10,000. And I didn't know what product development or sourcing or anything typically costs. So I didn't really like ask questions. And I ended up, my dad's an entrepreneur. I was talking to him, like, what should I do? Should I get a loan from the bank? You know, should I try to get an investor? You know, I'm 
19 years old or 18 years old at this mm-hmm. point. I'm like, I don't know what these words mean, but you know, let's, let's see what we can do. And he ended up graciously saying that he wanted to be the first investor in this company because mm-hmm. he believed in it and loaned me the $10,000 wow. that I then went and wired to this factory who then I never heard from again. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I my was gosh. like, I had some words, but that I won't say. Some here, choice words. I would was, have them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, it was that was my start, Jordan. Mm. I mean, that was like my first like I'm in business. This was the beginning for mm. me, and. I had never shared it um, because I was embarrassed. Yeah. I thought that they need to they need to hear the time when I figured it out, not the time that right. I was scrambling. But I think that when we humanize the hustle through our transparency and through our vulnerability, we're actually doing a service. It it it, it, it switches it from about us to about them. Yeah. Because it's not about painting ourselves in the best light. Is how can we, how can we instill the lesson? Mm-hmm. And for me, this lesson was: if you want something bad enough, it really doesn't matter what happens; you'll figure it out. Because mm-hmm. I was obviously super upset, thinking that maybe this was the end. But this business idea with Headbands of Hope was sparked to solve a problem, and that problem wasn't going to be solved if I gave up. Mm-hmm. So I got. Um, a $300 grant from this entrepreneurship school that was giving grants to students starting businesses. And I bought um, two different headbands from the supplier on Etsy. So both of our stories have Etsy as our Oh, I love beginning. it. Yes. And um, bought these two headbands and uh, threw them up on my website, April 25th, 2012. My first order was from my mom. It wasn't until about like two or three months in that I started getting orders from people I didn't know. Hmm. And um, today we're a multi-million dollar company that has given so many headbands to kids with cancer. Mm. And I just think that like the most important part of the narrative is not about where we're at now, but how we began. Mm -hmm. And so it would be a disservice not to tell that. Mm. First of all, okay, a couple things. First of all, love this, the Etsy connection. I knew we'd be friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Don's Etsy, I yeah, mean, everything. Well, and also I have a dad's story very similar. My dad kind of saved my butt because I didn't understand that you were supposed to put money away for taxes. And I didn't think that I would even have kind of a profit because I was just kind of piecemealing things together. <laughs> and I had a little oh, bit of a tax bill at the end of the year and zero dollars to pay it because I was just reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. And so my dad had to cover my butt on that one. He was like, I got you. You can pay me back. But anyways, thank yeah. God for dads. But um, yeah. that's that's awesome. And I 100% agree. Those like those oops moments and those moments of like, oh, I didn't really do my research on that. I mean, I remember when my husband first started working with me, I just had like 15 million things going on and I really needed help with figuring out details. But there was it's like, how do you how do you figure out who to have as a partner right in your business? And so anyways, long story short, he like looked at everything. He started analyzing everything. He puts together this spreadsheet and he basically the spreadsheet basically was like a mirror of my soul of like, this is what you messed up. Like, this is where you're you know, you could be saving money and you're not. This is a bad partnership, like all these different things. 
And he didn't say it that way, but that's basically how I like interpreted this spreadsheet because I didn't like spreadsheets. So I avoided them like the plague. And when it kind of was like right there in black and white and in numbers of like, you fell short here and this wasn't good and you struggled here, you know, like it can be so humbling. But at the same time, it was so empowering because I knew exactly where I needed to begin then. And I think sometimes it's like, we almost like you said, we want to focus on where what we figured out, right. And of course, there were plenty Mm -hmm. of things that were going well, and that I had figured out. But I think it can be equally as powerful for the success of what we're doing in our lives and in our businesses, and in our work, uh, when we can actually very clearly not only identify where there was a mistake or something that's not being done well or opportunities for improvement, um, but also then own that and share that because that's actually going to help not only your team or whoever's working with you, but also the the next one behind you who's coming up and thinking, right. like, oh, you just had this breeze of a situation. You just, you know, walked right into it. And that's just usually not the case. And so preparing others for that, too, by sharing those pieces, I think is really, really helpful. But it's almost so difficult to do because it kind of requires that you own your own mistakes <laughs> and you own yes. your own struggles. But you see, like, you how it led to... Yeah. Yeah. And how it led to now speaking and these new opportunities that you have. I mean, I remember I used to be so terrified to speak until I started telling my full story. And then it was like, so it was Mm -hmm. like breathing and I got so many new opportunities, you know? Yeah. I, I, with the book, with Shaking the Bright Side, um, I am, I share this story, um, has nothing to do with, uh, headbands of hope. It's, uh, has nothing to do with speaking or anything like that. It is this story uh, that n- no one really knew about me, even people who thought that they knew me best. And I, I really battled with whether or not I wanted to share it. And um, the story is about this international scandal that my family was involved in, very mm. public when I was in high school. Um, one of those things that you like look up on the news and you think, oh, that'll never happen to me, you know, Mm. and, and then it does. Mm. And, um, all of a sudden, you know, it's just this, like, I still, my heart is like racing right now, even just talking about, but it was this story that, um, I realize now it happened 10 years ago that it is a part of me Mm. and it like the path from there to now, um, I, I, I want to have this story uh, be there for someone who thinks mm. that when they're blindsided that it's the end mm. um, or think that they can't come back from some of these things that rattle us or feel like our wounds are, are worse. Yeah. And so although it was like um, really tough for me to share the feedback and the response and also just like the, the lightness. And the freedom I have with it just not being a skeleton in my mm-hmm. closet and not be something that's like brewing in the corner mm-hmm. um, has been just super freeing just as a person, too, to be able to like say, yeah, this is me. This mm-hmm. is who I am. Hmm. I love that. I I love that you shared that because that's not easy to share. And I always, I mean, I don't, I haven't had an experience like you shared, but I do have someone very close to me that I know has gone through something somewhat similar. Um, And I've walked with them through that and very much have been very close to that. And so I can only imagine, but also somewhat understand just having been that close to someone. But I also just from personal experience can relate with when there's something that's negative, even if there's Mm -hmm. other positive things going on, it's 
it's almost like what we focus on and we can feel so Mm -hmm. constricted and limited and held back by it. And that's why I love that you're sharing that because whether it's, you know, a very, very public scandal or very public negative problem, or if it's even Mm -hmm. just someone have, you know, facing criticism from a friend and that's, what's holding them back from taking their next step, you know, and not believing they can overcome that negative, I guess, feedback uh, or opinion or whatever. Uh, I think that can be debil- even more debilitating sometimes than not feeling qualified or having all the skills we sometimes think we need. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I want to encourage you too, because I just, I love that you shared that. I can't, I can't imagine that it was easy, but it's going to be so powerful. So thank you for yeah. putting yourself out there and uh, risking the <laughs> the reputation maybe. I mean, that's the thing. I think why, why else do we not share these pieces of our story? I think a lot of it is a self-protection, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. But that... I think it goes back to this, like, experience versus story. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we can have things that, that we can't control that happen to us, or we have times where we mess up, but it's like, we determine how it lives in a story. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, I like to say, like, we choose if it's a dead end or a U-turn, because mm-hmm. it can look exactly the same, and it's up to us how we want to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite, like, analogies is boiling water can soften a potato but harden an egg. Hmm. So it's really not as much about the circumstance that we're in as it is about the subject hmm. of who we are. Yeah. That's and so a it's really like the good analogy. Same, oh my gosh. I, I think about it all the time. It's like, it's really not about what's happening to me right now. It's about how I happen to it. Hmm. So it's like, how can we kind of um, rid ourselves of like almost this, um, what's it called pinball machine you know where we Mm -hmm. feel like we're in where we're kind of being swept one direction and the next and feeling like we're not in control Mm -hmm. to really really believing that it's not about the things that happened to me it's about how I choose to attach meaning and how I respond moving forward it's not something I'm perfect at but it's something I'm really really trying to work on that I you know hope other people join me in Mm -hmm. I love it so good so so good Okay, so before we um, before we wrap up, I want to hear briefly about your book and the yeah. teaching that you're doing when it, around speaking. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, speaking once I started kind of becoming uh, more comfortable on stage, I, I in sharing those stories, I started to get asked to speak more. And one of the things I noticed, as I'm sure you've noticed, Jordan, is like. So many lineups are um, not representative of the public. There's, mm. all, I like to call them manals, like all male panels. And they, uh, manals, that's the best it. thing I've ever heard. I thought you said mammals, like, like we're all mammals. And I was yeah, like, yeah, well. Yeah. So you're like, sure. Uh, just go with it, Jess. Um, so. Yeah, I was just seeing, I'm like, man, I am like the token woman sometimes Mm -hmm. on these speaker lineups. And so I created Mic Drop Workshop, and it's an online course and community to give women the tools they need to become not just speakers, but get paid to do it. Because Mm -hmm. that was the other thing I saw was women were speaking, and they didn't realize that they could be getting paid for it, the Mm -hmm. value of their methods that they were bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started Mic Drop Workshop uh, as a way to kind of get more women on stage. And it's been really cool to see um, hundreds of women now that are like landing TED Talks and and, or even just like feeling confident enough to speak up at their work. You Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't matter what 
level of speaking they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested, I would love if you head to micdropworkshop.com. That would be amazing and um, can ask questions there as well. And then, um, yeah, with the book, as we've talked about a little bit, uh, my book, Chasing the Bright Side, uh, it's really about how we can practice optimism, almost like train it like a muscle. So we can not just believe in better, but then go create it. Hmm. Uh, so it takes my story of Headbands of Hope. Um, like I said, the other life stories that uh, have kind of knocked the wind out of me sometimes um, and and kind of showed how can we um, believe in better and, uh, you know, choose to write a good story. And I think one of the things, too, we're chasing the bright side is like recognizing that optimism is not this like positivity pledge Mm -hmm. and just this like throw sprinkles on it and you know Mm -hmm. meditate at red lights and just drink more water (laughs) I I think like I have become really tired of of people telling me like how and when and to be happy um so this isn't a happiness guarantee book Mm -hmm. it's optimism is like less of a mood or an emotion and more of a strategy. Hmm. Like how are we using our time here um, to create a better world around us? And sometimes that means like getting upset. And sometimes that means sitting in our emotions and letting them be the driving force into what we do next. Hmm. So um, chasing the bright side.com would love for you to check it out. I love it. Awesome. Well, I am so encouraged by your story and by your just, candid transparency. I relate to it so much. I'm so glad that we got to chat about all of these things and hear about your book. Y'all go get her book, seriously. Um, And just to hear what is possible when we take those little baby steps of faith, when we make those moves, when we are resourceful, I always say incremental, implementable, imperfect action. And I think you are a great example of that. Um, Meaning, you know, what's an incremental step that I can actually implement with what I have where I'm at today, Uh exactly like you did with the, with the professor and the Jimmy Johns and, you know, the, the, the ordering off Etsy and getting the pictures for the website. Like it's just little baby steps at a time and things add up. So thank you so much for, for writing your story, for sharing your story, for encouraging us and providing a resource for women to use their voices uh, in in bigger ways and get paid for it because that's just the best thing together when you can really bring uh, your talents and what you and and the message that matters to you and do something to move people, to move culture and to uh, also provide for your bills because that's a priority. (laughs) I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.